Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the inaugural episode of Travolting, coming to you via a recording, coincidentally two days before the actual American inauguration. Hashtag the end of the world. That is correct. This is a Biden-era podcast. Um, <laughs> my name is Jeff Sweeney, as you heard from the title, and I'm joined by my good friend and producer for the show. Stuart Elmore. Uh, we are two unemployed filmmakers living in Chicago. Too real. Stop. <laughs> I, I am. A, I am recently unemployed as of the as of yesterday. I thought I had a job, but I didn't. And that was when he then came into making his very first feature film in 1975, The Creme de la Crop, The Devil's Reign. The Devil's Reign. The Devil's that Reign. That is the subject of our first episode. And then <laughs> it starts listing the cast: Ernest Borgnine, yep, <laughs> Mermaid Man himself. Uh, William Shatner. William Shatner. Tom Captain Skerritt. Kirk. <laughs> yep. All appearing over this horrific image to moans of the damned behind them. Yep. Then it says, it cuts to technical advisor, high priest of the Church of Satan himself, Anton Slesny, I think was his name. So, yeah, you heard it here that the technical advisor of the Devil's Reign. This, this movie had the actual high priest of the Church of Satan as a technical advisor. Of the Church of Satan. At that point, I was like, this is going to be the greatest movie I've ever seen. This is already <laughs> nuts. <laughs> Covering the 1976 film, Carrie. Uh, next scene is the introduction of our man, John, John Travolta. Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I love this bit that we're doing. This is <laughs> like, enter. <laughs> this is a lovely scene. And uh, we got to talk about his hair. Because it is the best hair I've ever seen, John. Tra- it's better than Greece. It's better than Greece, and it's better than. Are Sinai you saying Fever. that Greece is not the word? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that out of all John Travolta hairdos that I have seen, and who knows, I might see another movie where he has long hair, and I'll feel differently. But to this I'll day, two episodes in, I'm gonna say this hair is the best hair. All right. Uh, well, now you got to keep up with that, you know? <laughs> We're going to do the hair ranking. I will do the hair ranking with at John the, At the end of this podcast, we will rank all 66 movies, and we will rank all 66 hair days. Currently, as it stands, uh, Carrie, number one, Devil's Reign, number two, and then I'm sure Devil's Reign is going to fall deeper on the list <laughs> because he's uh, he's wearing a hood. You never <laughs> see, you never you see, never his, see hair. his hair in Devil's Reign. He's always wearing a hood. Covering the boy in the plastic bubble. So at, at, at that point, then we are then transported to a hospital scene, assumably nine months in the future, where she is going to be delivering her baby. Yeah, well, we got to go through the credits first. Oh, okay. We got to go through the credits. This Let's is, go through the this credits. This is extremely important. Let's go through the credits. Because you're just watching this ABC television movie and the credits, and it's like, yeah, John Travolta, Stas Todd, Glenn O'Connor, Robert Reed, Diana Highland. And then it says. A very special appearance by Bu- former astronaut Buzz Aldrin. Buzz Aldrin's in this movie. He, <laughs> the, uh, the star of Transformers: Dark of the Moon. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, would you call it? Would you say he made like a rough landing into this film? <laughs> yes. That was when I was like, "This movie's going to be much more interesting." Because I did. I kind of wrote this off. It was a it. small step for Buzz's career. You know, it oh took God, large. You need to stop. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> one follower lost. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure. But that's when we cut to a shot of a television screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and oh, it's Gina's watching the news. Yeah. With her boyfriend at her house. And she's like, wait, I know this guy in the news. Uh, and it's. <laughs> It is Todd at the hospital being visited by astronaut Buzz, Buzz Aldrin, Aldrin, who only appears in this movie 
and, and on a news broadcast in the television screen in this other scene. Yep. It's a very strange cameo for the guy. It is a really interesting cameo because, you know, they filmed that. Yeah. And do they film it thinking that they were going to use that actual no, shot? They, like, they filmed it, put it on a VHS tape, put it in this player, and then filmed Gina watching it. It's, it's a weird I choice. I mean, I'm glad Buzz Aldrin showed up. It's a weird I'm, choice. I hope he got paid well. I love the man. He's cool. He is really cool. Um, you ever met him? No. Remember that time he punched uh, like someone who's like, someone was like you didn't go to the moon he said he slugged him i love that it's not like six years ago i love that this is like old buzz aldrin i love that so much old buzz aldrin doesn't deal yeah. with any shit buzz remember that year where buzz aldrin just like was in a lot of things oh yeah i mean he was only in like two things but he was in transformers three uh wasn't he on like one of the armageddon or uh, what was the other Arm- impact or deep impact he, maybe was he, he in one of those i don't remember but he was in mass effect three the video game jesus christ uh, where it turns out he's been telling the story of this whole series to his granddaughter oh uh, so buzz aldrin yeah he was in transformers dark of the moon where he tells optimus prime from one space traveler to another it's an honor uh it is so the boy the plastic bubble <laughs> from one space we, traveler we to another we can't get into transformers bro <laughs> not today it's only episode three it's an honor <laughs> <laughs> and then optimus prime says, all right so the honor is mine uh then there's a scene afterwards where gina optimus approaches, prime comes in stop gina asks todd's dad if she can help covering saturday night fever and it's just like you could tell in that scene he's like a little bit uncomfortable he's like hey guys let's not talk about that right here <laughs> and so they go to white castle together yes. hate white castle we are never going to be sponsored by white castle yes. white castle if you're listening to this i don't like your products go fuck yourselves your burgers are trash we're never sponsoring white castle can we agree on that yes okay we're so anyway, alienating so many people we're uh, so we're never sponsoring white castle but they go to white castle and uh, a very vintage white castle a very vintage white castle well, i mean it is the 70s so everything's vintage in that regard um covering greece which brings me to um something that i did not realize when i first watched it which is the scene afterwards when they have their um pep rally outside oh and there's the and there's the burning effigy <laughs> of the gladiator in the middle <laughs> and their cheerleaders are doing circle dances around it and they're all like holding yeah. sides like tear them up beat them apart and uh literally i wrote down like because it's like a seven season slump that's going to be brought out of it by coach calhoun okay and i wrote down an interesting cult-like pep rally <laughs> where um yeah it's they're dancing around a burning effigy yeah. of their opponent yeah i watched it with uh with my girlfriend um and uh i was just like is that a hanging man yep <laughs> and she was like it's a bonfire haven't you ever been to a bonfire and i'm like no look to the left of the bonfire <laughs> and she's like oh there's just a hung gladiator <laughs> oh we didn't talk about hair yeah well, you guys every, are rating the hair. Every podcast, I, I heard we that. rate the hair. I heard that. I love that this is catching on as a trend, <laughs> that we rate the hair. Um, you rate the hair. I, yeah, but everyone's wanting the hair rating. So, well, first off, uh, Kathy. Yes. Um, are you a short hair Travolta or a long hair Travolta gal? Um, uh, I don't. I, I like either one. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I mean, the long hair is like the Vinnie Barbarino, like, uh, 
was he Carrie? He yeah. was yeah. long hair and Carrie, which was Carrie, very nice. Boy in the plastic bubble long hair. Yeah. Maybe I'm a long hair Travolta. I'm definitely yeah. a long I think hair maybe Travolta. I'm long hair. I, I think long hair Travolta is who you have summer loving with, and yeah. then short hair Travolta is who you bring home to mom. Right. And mm. I can't remember what he looked like. So just know that I did meet the writer of Greece. It was cool, mm. and I've now forgotten. It's questionable, I it's have to say. Very I mean, questionable. I'd <laughs> <laughs> like to, to really believe here. you, Jeff Sweeney, but <laughs> yeah, I, I found my Facebook post from the time where yeah. I said I just met the writer of Greece. And that was all uh, that was that said. That was all that he put. <laughs> this, in his see, face this, this is what this, I wish I had mentioned his name. How many years ago was this, Jeff? Let me. Bring, I think it's uh, uh, mid. Uh, it's like mid 2018. Okay, it seemed to struggle a little bit. <laughs> mid 2018. Uh, you got a you got a month there, pal. Is this, is this what I'm about to be exposed for? <laughs> <laughs> I think other writers like there's going to be a, a congressional subcommittee about me lying about me, the writer of Greece. <laughs> Did you not say on February 15, 2021, at 1:47 p.m. that yeah. you? met one of the writers of Greece in mid-2018 at a bookstore during the NCAA. Lindsey Graham's roasting me up on the stage. <laughs> Covering moment by moment. I think there's a quote from Lily Tomlin in the publicity for this movie okay. that I found that I think is actually essential for our like our thesis of this podcast. Okay. Uh, she talks about working with John Travolta and she says the first thing you notice about him is how sensitive he is and how sexy but beyond that, it's as if he had every contradiction in him. Masculinity, femininity, refinement, crudity. It's all there. He has everything. It's incredible. Nothing exciting happens. It is rated PG, so even on the most baseline level of ways to get people to watch this movie, there's no like nudity or sex. Yeah. Every sex scene is they turn the lights off and then you just see an amorphous blob in the middle of the screen moving. Yep. For two minutes. And every now and again, a saxophone will pop in. Oh, yeah, the saxophone. I forgot about the saxophone Fun fact, score. The Bee Gees apparently wrote a song for this movie. Oh, I heard of this. Um, but when they watched a rough cut, they refused to let it be in the movie. It's that bad. It's, it's, this is a real rough movie. This is not the beginning of Trolls' fall, because he does have another hit or two after this. But it is... A harbinger of what's to come in the 80s yeah um i gotta be real with our audience here um covering urban cowboy yeah they're at that factory storming outside uncle bob gives them those words of wisdom then he climbs up through the rafters yeah, uncle this. Like this metal thing in the middle of lightning storm he's like yeah i'm on and then, and then a lightning <laughs> strike it's the metal thing there's a massive explosion <laughs> i wrote down um osha regulations uncle bob, ex- <laughs> uncle bob explodes jeff are you crying <laughs> Are you crying? I just was not expecting <laughs> in the middle of this movie about a cowboy. I've never seen your eyes this watery though. Like a cowboy. I can't tell he if you're rides just rides a mechanical ball. I can't tell to feature an explosion. I can't tell if you're just crying out of laughter or if Uncle Bob's death really affected you. <laughs> Guys, like Jeff's really like crying. <laughs> Are you okay, bud? No. DD to second. DD to minute. I'm all good. Are you sure? <laughs> wow. You really took that to heart. <laughs> Ooh. I forgot what it says. How it says something on it. How how amazing. It says something on it. And he's like, I'm not gonna compete in the competition. She's like, Your uncle wanted would have like wanted you to wear this at the competition. Do right. it in memory of him. 
he exploded for you. <laughs> what what really is going to freak folks out is um, what happened after this is as Ankerin walks away, John looks back out in the prairie. The clouds part. Uncle Bob shows up. He's like, remember who <laughs> you are. And John Travolta uh, is just like, Uncle Bob, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can do it, Bob. And Uncle Bob is like, remember who you are. Remember. John Travolta runs down the prairie. It's like, Uncle Bob, I don't know if I can win. I don't know. I've lost so much. Cut to bull yes. ride contest. And yes, we're at the bull ride. <laughs> that I'm movie so sorry you guys straight up happened in the movie. Covering blowout. And then she screams. And yes, she screams. But that scream. Can we? Let's let's all three do our best impression of what this Should we do at the is. same time? No, it's like okay, we gotta fine. go one at a time. And so this this is my version of when we hear the scream. It's like, <laughs> oh, uh, Jeff, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> so needless to say it's a bad scream yeah it's a really and, bad scream and then we break the world of the movie yeah. into the sub i mean we break the sub movie into the movie into the actual movie which is john travolta who is a sound technician um post oh, mark did you pull up the whole script so if i wanted to bring up fun fact that whole sequence is eight pages in the script <laughs> wow <laughs> It's Whoa. eight pages. I think it's a bit more. Speaking of IMDb credits, uh, I watched Minari over the weekend. Lovely movie. Lovely movie. What? Minari. It's a uh, film, film that just came out. Do you like sobbing? Um, sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I like sobbing. <laughs> uh, great movie. But I looked up the kid in it. He, uh, kid Alvin S. Kim. He's like 10 years old. He plays David in the movie. My goddamn Has hero. the single cutest IMDb page I've ever read. Mm-hmm. It is written like a high school book, like a play report. Like, you know how I'm like, they're like, yeah, write your bio for the play booklets that we're passing out. Yeah. I'm reading it over your shoulder. The, oh, my God. This this kid, uh, this 10-year-old little boy, his IMDb bio is, Alan S. Kim, who plays the role of David and Minari, is thrilled to make his film debut. Recently, he was shown in the National Campaign of Pottery Barn Kids. Alan is in the second grade, and his favorite subjects are math and science. Oh, my God. He also loves riding a bike and making something creative in his free time. Is that not the cutest shit you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> Covering Staying Alive. I believe after that's when he starts going to auditions again and like handing out his resume and his headshot. Not getting and anything. At the beginning of the scene, it's very important. He bumps into Sylvester Stallone on the street. So who Stallone turns around cameo. and stares at him for it, like a half a second. For like a long half a second. And it is absolutely not a mistake that it leads directly into the scene of Travolta going... To all these places and being immediately discounted because of his looks when he walks in. Yeah. Because that is the Sylvester Stallone story is that he couldn't get really a role or get Rocky produced. He wrote Rocky for himself because no one would hire him for an act acting roles. Yeah. Um, because of the way he looks, because the way he sounded, he didn't strike as a leading man. Right. And so I think it's very important that Stallone appears at the beginning of this scene and then we cut to Travolta going into places. For readers, reason. Readers are just reading scripts, not even looking at him. He ends them his stuff, and they're like, great, thanks. They're People like, are shooting whatever. Him the yeah, they're kicking him. Whatever, man. Yeah. They're kicking him out. And uh, They're not interested in him. I, I just find that part interesting, because about Sylvester Stallone not being the leading man, because when you talk about John Travolta yeah. in the beginning of his career, he is like the definition of the look of a of a leading man. Yeah. So I just found that pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, it, it is funny. Like, if you're going to get an actor to play yourself for that, that reason, John Travolta, 
It's funny that uh, Sylvester Stone couldn't make the Sylvester Stallone story. I mean, Rocky's kind of the Sylvester Stallone story. You know, he gets the one in the million shot and all that. But um, yeah, it's funny that when it comes to making like a more literal adaptation of his life, yeah. he can't get it funded unless it's a sequel to, <laughs> to a movie with an extremely attractive man. Yeah. What I love about this and how much of a quasi-Rocky movie this is is, yes. is that the rehearsal scenes are like these verbatim montage scenes not that different from rocky's like yeah training verbatim training montage scenes just dancing instead of hitting the thing is they're not as exciting they're one of my biggest problem with this movie is that the dance scenes are really not exciting well i mean how exciting can you make a dance routine be have you seen saturday night fever but that really wasn't about uses wide shots just so you can see the whole like movements this one is differently it's shot. extremely yeah. well shot it has cool sets cool lighting this one has a lot the of motions are exhilarating the motions yeah. are exhilarating in that one and this one is just like a lot ooh. of quick cuts it looks like i'm watching some like youtube video about how they made a broadway musical yeah it's the, quick cuts it's not that like exciting choreography and it's it's very close too it's you don't see close. the full body you get like cut off arms and legs but a lot of critics agreed it didn't have the grittiness or realism from the first one, yeah, according to this true. article. True. It did need um, to be darker and grittier, which yes. Stallone even admits to. He said in an interview, like, even though the movie made money, he recognizes its critical failure and yeah. wishes he had made it darker. Yeah, Stallone has a lot of regrets about this. Uh, though, ultimately, Travolta said that his favorite director he's ever worked with was Stallone. He said he know he knew how to make me look the best on screen. And according to your hair ranking, you agree with that. Travolta is extremely sweaty, and it looks like they like poured a bucket of grease on him before every scene. Hey, now. He's so wet. He is. <laughs> he is insane. <laughs> Sorry, the way you said that. He, he is, is so, so wet. wet. He is. Watch. Look up. So wet. Look up John Travolta. Stay Go to live. our YouTube channel. Go to this YouTube video. Type in the comment. Hashtag so wet. He, he is so extremely wet in this movie. <laughs> You can involve their not being reoccurring. Yeah. Like you can make actors. a movie about the absence of people just as much as you can make it about the presence of yes. people. Good, good way of saying it, Jeff. I, I like movies about absence. Yeah? You know what's a good movie about absence? What's a good movie? Star Wars The Last Jedi. That's a good movie about the absence of Han Solo because he died in the last one. For folks listening, Jeff is twirling his hair. <laughs> I'm staring. I just... Are you enamored by me, Jeff? Is that what you're yeah. doing? You're just no, like, um, twirling your hair while uh, looking at me from across the table. I just enjoy bringing up The Last Jedi because we talked about how we really like it. And yeah. We hope it makes people mad. I mean, yeah. But, um, Sorry, folks. I mean, if you don't like Last Jedi, well, all I have to say is I don't like White Castle. Yeah. So. That is true. Fuck off. Covering Perfect. Oh, Jeff, I do this. I was just back at my home state, Indiana. Yeah. And I, I swear, like, as soon as I showed up, my well how you folks doing there get a corn in the cob and some cornhole yeah <laughs> and now i'm back here and i talk normal yeah i'm sure you turned into a regular old like farm hand <laughs> you're there i'm but, sorry uh, to all my indiana yeah. folks think we just alienated them yes yeah, so we have we have once we've crossed another state <laughs> of people who cannot listen to our show you know what you know what's good about indiana though nothing they don't fucking eat white castle because fuck white yeah, castle there's also no australians there Fuck White Castle. Um, but have I told you my, how, how I, much I hate White Castle? You talk about it a lot. I really hate White Castle. I've never had White Castle. Good. Yeah. Uh, Good. Don't. Yes. So that's anyway. Um, but uh, yes. <laughs> after that, like, that's when they go to Mammoth State Park. Yeah, they go to Mammoth State Park. 
Uh, no mammoths are are to be seen in this movie. Ever been to Mammoth State Park? No, I haven't. Been, I've also I've never seen a mammoth. Well, yeah, they're extinct. I mean, I have seen Ice Age. That's an animated mammoth. He's real. Voiced by Ray he's, Romano. He's real, and you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mean Sid's not real too. I have news for you, Jeff. What? <laughs> what Diego? I like Diego. Who voiced Diego at Ice Age? Uh, I am from Dennis Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary. Yeah. Great job. Yeah. Good, was, good job, Dennis. That was a good. Good job, Ray Romano. Good Diego. job, John Leguizamo. What? John Leguizamo. Is he's, the sloth. He's Sid. Yeah. Well, I did not know that. The first run of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Can you do the rest of the podcast? Sid. <laughs> 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 So they go to Scooby Mammoth Deep Park. Oh God! All, all three of us are going to just start talking yeah. with. Sid, you can't throw. That was my Ray Romano. Was oh good. no! Um, Come on, man. <laughs> oh fuck Sorry, me! I had to chime in there. You don't just mention Sid the Sloth. <laughs> this is now, this, this is now Sidcast. This is now the Sidcast. <laughs> what if we did? I just spent the rest of us talking about Ice Age, and then when this episode comes out, we change all of our like podcast on like Spotify. It just says Sidcast. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> There's like five at least. Let's do Ice Age minute by minute. Because isn't there a squirrel spinoff one? No, there's a squirrel spinoff TV show. It's just called... Oh, there's a TV show? I think it's a TV show. I thought it was a rated R version like Logan, but they just called it Squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) Called it Sid. I mean, uh, Scrat. Sid wakes up drunk in an Ice Age parking lot and his tires are getting uh, looted. And so he goes on ape shit crazy and kills are, are do you, you aware that by Ice H5 there were aliens involved in the What? World? There's like an alien abduction subplot. Get out of the air. Wow. Yeah. There's there's five Ice Age movies. They're working on a sixth one right now. Do you remember there was a meme period when it was all about that baby? The baby from Ice Age. <laughs> oh, God. Also, shout out Josh Peck still getting work being in these Ice Age movies. I'm, Josh Peck is in it? He's one of the, like, the lemurs or whatever the hell they are. Were lemurs in the Ice Age? No, it's, it's uh, like the, the possums. The possums, that's it. Yeah. Who was the other lemur? It uh, wasn't Drake. Sean William Scott. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't Drake. That's a that's a very missed opportunity with casting. You cast Drake and Josh as the two possums. Oh my goodness. It would have been a, a, would have been the same period too, right? It yeah. would have been the same period. The first Ice Age came out in 2002, and the most recent ones coming out ne- in two years in 2022. What's it called? Ice Age: The Adventures of Buck Wild. You're making it up. I'm not. It's right here. What is what is it? Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild. Simon Pegg is coming back as Buck Wild. There's been Ice Age, Ice Age the Meltdown, Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Ice Age Continental Dawn Drift. Dawn of the Dinosaurs. There's a dinosaur one. Yeah, it's where they find a hidden world of dinosaurs underneath the ice. There's Ice Age Continental Drift, which is the pirate one. Um, where they, they find pirates on the high seas that are trapped on an iceberg. 
And we straight uh, up talked Ice about Ice Age Collision Course. Ice Age for five minutes. Did, have you read the story about the walrus who woke up in Ireland? <laughs> yes, we <laughs> talked about that on the last podcast with Blowout. No, it definitely did not talk about it in Blowout. It only came out last week. I'm pretty sure we did talk about it though. Anyway, but it's this. Where mo- the fuck are we? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no, 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 we didn't talk about it on the podcast. I was over at your guys' apartment. And we talked about it when yeah. Adam Campbell was there. Our good friend Adam Campbell. He will be on Phenomenon. He will be on the but Phenomenon anyway, episode. So if you folks listen, haven't heard this is divergent, but you know, <laughs> it relates to Ice Age Continental Drift, which is not related to the episode we're yeah, talking but about. There's there's a walrus in in the and in Arct- the Arctic. I thought it was South America. No, it was, it was the Arctic. It was the Arctic. Yeah. And he's he's just falling asleep. He's like sleeping on his like iceberg. The thing breaks off while he's asleep. Dude wakes up in Ireland. <laughs> Where the fuck are we? <laughs> he's like, just imagine being this walrus and you just fall asleep at home. And then you wake up and you're in Ireland. And you're in Ireland. He's on the beach and they're like, oh my god, how'd I get here? A fucking walrus. <laughs> yes. A fucking walrus. And all the it's the first time a walrus has ever been in Ireland. Crazy. He he should be the the star of Ice Age Six, not Adventures of Buck Wild. You know, I think that Walrus is going to get a spinoff movie. He should. It's going to be directed by Steven Spielberg, called yeah. The Adventures of Tusk. Yeah, Tusk, Tusk Two. Tusk. Of no related to <laughs> Kevin the, Smith, the Kevin Smith horror movie. <laughs> Kevin Smith, we call you out. <laughs> we have to make Tusk Two about this. We have walrus. to make Tusk Two about this Walrus. Have, and you, have you seen Tusk? I've seen Tusk. <laughs> what a fucked up movie. Turn the guy into a walrus. <laughs> They turn him into a walrus. <laughs> and you know what's the crazy part? What? They leave him as a walrus. <laughs> turn... They they don't kill him or it's turn him back. They say, I, you know, Justin Long, that's who he is. Yeah, they he... leave Justin Long. Legend has it that He's Justin still... Long is still there. Oh, that's why he hasn't been his lugs out painfully asking to be put down and nobody that, is doing that's it. why he hasn't been in any movies recently because he's because he's walrus. still in the walrus costume yeah. on no not the costume they actually changed him into a walrus they, yeah they did change him into a walrus yeah. and he's still rest in peace justin long yeah, he's dead uh, <laughs> sorry justin long. sorry justin long but your recent passing awayness you know i would love to have walrus justin long on this podcast <laughs> walrus justin long come on the show and and i would just love to ask you know who else thoughts. should come on sid the sloth come on the podcast sid well well here's the thing so just what do we call walrus justin long wall long next wall long next justice mm. justice wall long i'm not i'm not feeling any of these this is the name that's that's canon it's the name justice wall long uh come on the show but when he does, because doesn't he cut out his vocal cords? Yes. So he's going to be like, so what do you think of the movie? It's going to be... Ah! <laughs> well, I was going to say... He's going to be like... Ah! I was going ah! to say we could, ah! we could do it Stephen Hawking style. Oh. He's like the, the computer void thing. <clears throat> yeah. I don't think he could fit through my door. We'll get him in. You seem very confident. With that. We'll get him in. We'll get him in. We'll make it work. How are we gonna drive him through Andersonville, we'll, Chicago? We'll, we'll go to him. We'll go to him. We gotta rent a pickup truck. We'll go to him. We do have a mobile setup. Yes. We'll go. To, we'll go to you. Just he just did kill a human though. It's fine. It's, it's fine. a savage walrus. It, it's fine if he le- if he's a big fan of Get Shorty, we'll have him on. Uh, do you think he is? I hope he is. You know, he was originally a podcaster. Yeah. The character of Justin Long? Yeah, I know. It's a movie about podcasters who turn into walruses, and then Johnny Depp plays a, a, an investigator in Guy Lapointe. Do you think that's metaphorical for what's going to happen to us, Jeff? Yeah, we're going to turn into walruses. 
and then Johnny Depp's going to investigate us. So if we're going to say, ah, I, no, get away from me. If you and I like, okay, so here's a scene. You and I were in 2000s Travolta era and we're running dry on guest. Okay. We're desperate for a guest. You are where we have like all of the 2000s booked already. So now hear me out. All right. Then the, the 2010s. Okay. Okay. So we're in the 2010s, John Travolta, and we're dying to have a guest on. We got to have somebody, right? So then what do we do? We drive up to Canada. And our initial guest drops out. So we just have to find some random person. So we get the walrus guy. So we get the walrus guy. And then he offers us some coffee, some water, and we start talking about the movie. They know we turn into walruses. If that happens, Jeff, just kill me. Yes. Uh, And I will try to kill you, but one of us is going to have to stay alive. Because I don't think we can equally kill well, each other. I'll stab myself with my own tusks. It's fine. It'll just... Yeah. It'll be quick and easy. I'm mimicking like a, a yeah. walrus move of like suicide. You know what that would be? What would that be? That would be perfect. Nice. Yes. Uh, I, I can't believe I'm the one who had to guess back. So back I want to let you know that we started going off that track at the 50 minute mark. We have just crossed the hour mark. Okay, so cool. we straight up did 10 minutes of just Ice Age. Ice Age <laughs> and Tusk. Yes. Good movies. All right. All five of them. That was a Watch perfect them. conversation, Jeff. Yes. Um, you know what else is perfect? The, this, not this movie. But not this it's, movie it's, it's that pre- we were initially talking about. You know what this about. movie is? It's pretty okay. That should be the title of this movie. Pretty it's okay. Pretty okay. Covering Basements, the Dumbwaiter. It, it's almost like this it's all metaphorical and i it, it flew over my head because i needed to i need to see like another i need to see a good adaptation of this play to understand what's happening part i think it was partially just the barrier of not understanding half the dialogue that it was low quality recording you know what's a better movie about two souls finding their purpose in the universe what pixar soul <laughs> soul pretty good movie it's a pretty good movie yeah. deals with some of those you issues. know what it's about it's about soul about a soul Pixar has been getting more and more uh, meta. Over the- First, I was like, "What if toys had souls? What if toys had feelings? What if monsters had souls? What if ghosts? What if skeletons had souls? What if feelings? What if feelings had souls? And now there's just like, what if a soul, soul had a soul? soul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I literally don't know how they can make any more Pixar movies. They should shut the company down. They 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 hit their apex. Yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do. It, it's gonna be what if an atom as part of a soul had a soul? Ooh, like particles and quarks. Yeah, it's gonna get into particles and quarks and shit. Oh, God. it's gonna be about atoms being the building blocks and all that. Eventually, they're gonna make a statement that God doesn't exist. Yeah, eventually, eventually, Pixar's gonna make a movie called God's Not Real. <laughs> God is no, dead. God is dead. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be the same poster for the God's Not Dead. It's gonna say God is dead. God is dead. And instead of the girl, you know how in the poster for God's Not Dead, there's the girl putting the N up, putting the N up. Yeah, it's gonna be like a cute little Pixar thing. A Pixar demon putting up the uh, the is is dead. God is dead. They're gonna um, be, they're gonna make such an atheistic claim. It's gonna make a yeah. schism in like their audience. Community. It's still gonna be like as cute as a normal Pixar movie, but it's gonna be entirely about the cold like harshness of the universe and and how it it's not designed it's fu- intelligently like futile yeah. existence. And at the end of the movie, an atom which is drifting out into yeah. the uh, um, the uh, there's a void in the universe. Yeah. It's called the um, you know what happens at the end of it actually though no hold on let me keep this train going uh there's a there's a specific void in the universe and what voids are is meaning it's like there is like it's like a pocket of space where there's no stars yeah meaning it's just pure blackness yeah there's just nothingness so what's going to happen at the end of this movie is a particle finds itself particle with feelings with the soul so it has a face drawn on it is wandering in the universe and it's like 
where am I? What's happening? And they say like, this is, this is the outside. Everyone wonders what's the outside. This is the outside. And we focus too much on the outside when we should cherish what's on the inside. And then you know what actually happened at the end? What? After that, it does like a super fast replay the rest of the rest of time. And it's just the big crunch happening in the universe the collapsing, collapsing in on itself. This, and this is all set to a new Randy Newman tune. He's just like, Shabba <laughs> Doo He's like, You You see, like, the universe is condensing and collapsing and life being snuffed out as Randy Newman's like, Yeah, there's no reason to be alive, but I gotta have this inside. <laughs> <laughs> and then it all colla- con- yeah. condenses and collapses onto a single bright orb. Yeah. And that's when the final cadence of the Randy Newton song yeah. plays. Ba-da-ba. And then the orb disappears. And, and the orb disappears. The the and then credits. Yeah. Dur- we, we just wrote Pixar. Directed sense. by uh, Brad Bird. <laughs> Brad Bird or no, An- Andrew Slater. Andrew Stanton. Andrew Stanton. Pete Doctor. Directed by Pete Doctor. That'd be Pete Doctor. That'd be he Pete did Doctor. Soul. Um, but yeah. um, he did Soul, Inside Out, Up, Monsters, Inc. All like the really metaphysical ones. Interesting. Interesting. What did Andrew Stanton do? Finding Nemo, Finding Dory, and Wally. He's more of the family, finding yourself sort of thing. Yeah, he, he's, I like him. I like his. Wally. He also directed episodes of Stranger Things. Oh, that's yeah, cool. He, and John Carter. Well, who was the other guy? The um, very big name. I think he John did the Twister. Lester. Yes. John Lasseter. Hug and Bear himself, who got fired from the company for inappropriate... Uh, actions oh really yeah did this happen recently this happened like three years ago <gasps> I, I was you, you know how in lots of in toy story 3 there's lots of hugging bear who just walks around and he's a big jolly bear and he just hugs people that was john lasseter john lasseter got fired because he would just go up to women and hug them in the office oh uh so try watching toy story 3 again with this knowledge so this was three years ago and he hasn't been back He's not been back. He's working at like Sony, I think, or DreamWorks. He's working somewhere. Else. What did he do before that? Like, what were his main things? He did Toy Story one and two, and Cars one and two, oh, and Bugs Life. Uh, oh, Bugs Life. And those are all great movies, except for Cars two. Yeah. Um, and he didn't like do anything aggressive. It was just but he was still behavior. being very inappropriate. Yeah, it was just inappropriate behavior in the workplace. Yes. Um, and so then who justifiably, t- he no longer works there. Yeah. Um, who um, who took over 3 and 4 Toy Story? Uh, Toy Story 3 was Lee Ungrich, who also did Coco. Great. That was uh, Toy Story 3 yeah. is amazing. Yes. And Toy Story 4 was by Josh Cooley, who was co-directing with John Lasseter when he got fired. Gotcha. Um, what do you, what do you, which one's your favorite, 3 or 4? Um, Toy Story 2. Uh, no, I'm just, I, I understand but, Toy Story 2 is the best. It's one of the best, like... Toy Story movies. 2 is really, really good. I, don't get me wrong, but let's just look at 3 and 4. Three. And I'm only asking that because there is debate with 3 and 4. Yeah, 3 is better than 4. 4 is, four is my least favorite. I like really? I still I still like it. 4 but is the most beautiful. It looks really nice. I, you can't deny that 4 is the most beautiful. Oh, yeah, it, it looks really nice. And there's so many beautiful images. Yes, it is, an, it is a gorgeous movie. Gorgeous. And but you think story wise three rules three is so much better two is the best but three why do you, why do you like two more than three two is the most amazing movie ever made Just it's ex- a movie explain. all that um the Jesse storyline is fantastic the Jesse storyline the Woody storyline watch watch that movie the and Prospector wa- no here's the thing watch Toy Story th- two okay and watch how every scene ends with a shot that 
match cuts or segues directly to the next scene. Hmm. It's literally every scene in that movie ends like that. Wow. It is amazing filmmaking to watch. Yeah. In action. Yeah. But Toy Story 3, the end of the Andy saga. It makes me cry, you know. But you, am, but you still I'm, think too. I'm, I'm a grown-up baby, so. Well, we we're Andy's age. Toy, Toy Story Two is an extremely adult, mature like exploratory. I don't want to say it. it's still a kids movie, but it's a it has a very strong inter like way of looking at, you know, nostalgia and mm-hmm. growing up and yeah, all this stuff that I just find very powerful. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, but you two is still better. Two is the best. Yeah, I, I recently went through all the Toy Story f- movies. It's okay that we can talk about this because Dumbwaiter's dumb. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it, but I think this is important. I liked... So, how do we even get on this? I forget. I don't remember. We were talking about Pixar. Oh, yeah, we got into soul Pixar now. Because Dumbwaiter's metaphorical for two souls in the universe, and we talked about yeah. souls. So, I'm going to say something that I think might be a little bit controversial to the audience, which is when Toy Story 4 came out, I planted my flag and said, this is the best Toy Story movie. I love Toy Story 4. I'm going to throw you out a window. I think I was just so enamored by its look. Just, I mean, it is unequivocally, like the images without the context of the story can make you cry. And then adding, it's still a good story. It's still a good story. So when you add those small pieces in addition to this beautiful imagery like every shot makes me want to cry for how the beautiful craftsmanship of it mm-hmm. toy story is I, is like our great existentialist saga i just <laughs> i i love about the nature of being and then you know i do like the idea how like woody has to go through this existential crisis of like not being a favorite anymore not being the go-to and he has, then he to, has to find to, happiness in himself and yes in his self and buzz with his conscience bit like yeah. literally Buzz finds a conscience yes. in Toy Find Story 4 voice. and he brings a toy to life and then raises it as his own child. Toy Story 4 Woody is, is a dad in this movie. Yeah. Toy Story 4 is a movie about finding your inner self. Whereas the first three are about like m- making yourself available to others and discovering like what the nature, what's the purpose of living. And Toy Story 4 is the movie that kind of flips it on its head. Um, because for, in the first three, they're all the first about, three is about, it's about living for someone self sacrifice for the betterment of your loved ones. It's about trying to find a purpose yeah. in a world where you are only there to be used. Yeah. And Toy Story 4 is the movie that's about maybe there's, um, maybe there's something else for me out there. There's a point of living for yourself too. Yeah. I attach to that. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's a good message. I have some problems with Toy Story 4. I don't think it's as like completely cohesive as a movie of the first three i still like it really yeah i still like it yeah like i enjoy it more than i don't and i liked the uh what's the girl's name the new owner um bonnie bonnie i liked bonnie like just you know it's not not Mm. as like super influential as andy was because again i i said earlier andy was our age but i actually think andy's older than us and he's because 2010 he goes to college i was starting high school so you you know what does kind of uh you know what ruled about toy story 4 though what? I saw it in Dolby Atmos, um, and I'm not I'm not going to talk about any like normal sound stuff. Tim Allen's bass in his oh, voice, yeah. I've never heard. I mean, Tim Allen is whatever. well. Tim Allen has a deeper voice than Tom Hanks. Yeah, Tim Allen is whatever. We're going to talk about him when we get to Wild Hogs in the show, but yeah. um, and, and we'll probably just talk about how he used to be a, a coke runner and like ratted out his friends, and yeah, then and became a, a family comedy guy, now he's and, a biker. 
Yeah, and then he became a biker, and now he's like talking about how like Donald Trump was the best thing for this country. It's it's whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Tim Allen, uh, his voice, the bass of it is ooh, really. Good. I've never heard a man sound yeah. better in a movie theater. Um. So, finishing my point, like when Toy Story Four came out, I fell in love with that movie right away, and that was and that. But then recently, I want to say three, four months ago, I rewatched all the Toy Story movies. I do agree, two is better than one. Um, one while being amazing, two is better than one, but three got me a little bit more emotional just because it was very much about stages in life. That's kind of the message mm-hmm. that I've got on it where it's, they're all thinking about what is next, what mm-hmm. is next and whether that's the attic or the trash yeah. or the daycare or a new owner, Andy from high school, the college moving on, giving his toys up and like all of those moments fade away like tears and rain sorry had to bring okay, sorry really had, had, to, had to bring the blade runner thing but no i i do think and then i watched choice before after it but after the end of all four movies i was still thinking about three yeah and i was thinking about andy saying goodbye to his toys the slight 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 glimmer of hope that maybe he sort of sees like a a, a being within like not even like like a presence an emotion mm. that's with those toys yeah he doesn't quite know they're alive, but he knows like there's an um, an important presence with those toys in yeah. terms of his upbringing. I know I went on a huge thing, but all to say that after rewatching them all, I ended up rethinking, and now I believe that Toy Story three is the best. Um, I'm gonna do uh, my rankings probably two, three, one, four, um, three and one interchange. Um, two and f- mine is three, four, two, one, four and two interchange. But four, it's just the images in four. You cannot deny. Yeah, but if I I think that there's so much more good story and thematic in two. Uh, and then I don't know. You know how we're having a really impassioned conversations right now, debating the Toy Story movies um, in the middle of this dumb waiter. I don't so, want to. I don't want to yeah. leave this though, Jeff. It, I know this, we have to. This but is I also don't the first time we've had like probably an impassioned debate on the show. I and it's about something we're not even covering in the show. I I know we were eventually have to go back to the because we've mostly been dome. in lockstep in agreement about every movie we've covered. Yeah, and I I I mean I respect I yeah. do agree I know exactly why. Toy no, Story I think 2 would I be think you're absolutely wrong, a charlatan, and should <laughs> and should eat the curb. <laughs> I just want the audience to recognize that here I am acknowledging and appreciating Jeff's stance, and then he yeah, and fucking Stuart's, rails and Stuart, yeah, me. Yeah, and Stuart's just wrong. <laughs> it's fine. All right, uh, tweet. It's fine. We we can't tweet have at pe- us. People can't be right in this world unless other people are wrong. So. Tweet tweet at us uh, at Troll Team Pod or comment on our Reddit or comment on our YouTube channel, whichever one, and say who. Wh- what is your favorite Toy Story movie? Yes. Do you agree it's with Jeff? Toy Story Two. Uh, you we it's all know Toy Story Three. It's Toy Story Two. It's Toy Story Three. Yeah, I appreciate you. I respect your opinion. I just think Toy Story Three is better. You know what? You know what a movie is though. The Dumb Waiter. I can't even say good movie because it's not. But um, <laughs> well, that was yeah. a weird transition. Yes. You know what a movie is. <laughs> uh, you didn't even say like. But here's here's what you could have done, Jeff. You could have said, but you know, Toy Story movies aren't dumb. But you know what is dumb? The Dumb Waiter. The Dumb Waiter. See, I yeah. just gave you one. But anyway, so these these two guys, they're hitmen. They're hanging out. And look who's talking. Jeff, would you like to visually paint us the opening scene yeah, of this movie? Yes. Um. So we begin in the uterus. <laughs> <laughs> where all good stories start all good wait, st- wait we gotta call back the uh boy the plastic bubble uh what's it called 
begin the cesarean. <laughs> so, <laughs> begin the ces- no, so we, we begin in the uterus. Uh, the uterus. <laughs> uterus. Uh, the uterus. There's all the 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 tendrils. I don't know exactly what they're called. Um, yeah. The tendrils. I picked the perfect they're, time they're to just take like, a drink they're of like, coffee. They're like they're like waving back <laughs> like and forth. Like a sound effect. Like waving back and forth. <sighs> yes. And then who who should enter? Who should enter? An egg. An egg. An egg. Uh, but uh, later down the road, we're gonna see real Bruce Willis. Okay, later. she's having contractions and a taxi. She needs to get a taxi. Yep, she needs right? to get a taxi. And guess who's driving the taxi? Hey, <laughs> it's John Travolta. Overall. sun is shining 24 7 because when we're together it feels like we're in heaven if it will get dark you'll be my million stars i know i can lean on you oh you catch me like a leaf falling from a tree if i be a shooting star you make a wish no but they, they get him out they get him out and he's like ah i don't like this it's cold eh? but it's weird because we can still hear the baby mm-hmm. yeah but the baby, no one else can. No, it no looks like a normal baby. Can. Now, I look. Now, I'm gonna hand the floor to Mary Grace here in a okay. second, because this is what I think when the, the Scientology stuff really kicks into effect. Yes. Because I looked up this afterward. Yes. And I read the theories. You did. Uh, do I other did. people have this theory, not just me? Yes. I have. Wow. I do not know this theory. This is so this I'm is a thing blind. that the uh, like the the memories. The memories. Yes. 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 So do you want to elaborate sure. on this? So Scientologists believe that we like carry our past lives with us. Oh, Jesus. And it's not necessarily that you like remember specifically your past life, but I don't know how much you know about Scientology. No. But okay. They treat children very, I, I would call it abuse. Like they think that kids are adults. Like they think they're as mature as adults because they've had all these past lives. Whoa. Right. So that that would make sense to me that he has this like high level thinking in his brain going on because right he has his past lives and so he doesn't remember his past lives specifically but he has the but knowledge from he it. has the knowledge from it right okay and then going deeper into it okay we have this movie that stars two big Scientologists right John Travolta and Kirstie Allen right Allie excuse me so I think that this baby is the reincarnated L. Ron Hubbard, right? Because of course L. Ron Hubbard would be born to Scientologist, like a Scientologist mom. And I know this isn't what the sequels were about, but I think the sequel should have been then about Kirstie Alley helping her child discover that he is the reincarnated L. Ron Hubbard. And this speaks too to your your theory about their cre- John Travolta and the baby's creepy relationship is because John Travolta as a Scientologist is like, well, of course, like this baby is very mature and like blah, blah, blah. Like he maybe can't hear him, but I think he senses his like thoughts because he's like, well, yeah, you're a baby. But like, I know that you really know what's going on because you've had all these past lives because we're Scientologists and, and that's and, what we and believe. To, and to my knowledge, the point of Scientology and like... Wait a minute! <laughs> and like... The, Wait a fucking minute! <laughs> The, the point of like Dianetics uh-huh. is like the Scientology is like you're trying to, your life's pursuit is to unlock, unlock these memories. Unlock those past lives, yes. So that too, when he's an adult, that could have been been one of the yeah. sequels too for him to figure and that so out. And yes. so the babies, it's the internal past lives yes. that they're trying to unlock. Yes, and then him. it makes sense too that all the other babies can speak too, I think, and have all those high level thoughts because that's what Scientologists would believe. 
So I think, no. too, that would speak to why Kirstie Alley and John Travolta were like, this movie sounds great. This is why I want to be a part of this. No. Like, According to a brief search I did, around this time, Amy Heckerling and uh-huh. Bruce Willis uh-huh. were also dabbling in Scientology. I mean, they did not this st- is Scientology propaganda. They, they were not people who stuck with, <laughs> neither of them stuck with it. Neither of them stuck with it. But, but they were dabbling in the Hence why the sequels aren't don't follow through with this, but... <laughs> I need a moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, look who's talking. Uh, look who's it's talking, L. L. Ron, Ron Hubbard. Hubbard. All right, so, all of... Um, <laughs> Stuart looks completely broken. <laughs> all of my previous um, conceptions and ideas and theories are just yeah Stuart you might as well just close your notes because <laughs> yeah, honestly, we're, not, we're not talking about the same honest, movie anymore honestly, yeah, honestly you're right you're 100% right I there's no nothing more I can contribute to this conversation <laughs> I'm just I uh that broke me a little bit <laughs> um he's actually closing yeah, literally closing it <laughs> Uh, okay. Yeah, this movie's about the search for your your past selves. Yes. So can I just to address that, like, mm-hmm. because I I was watching this trying to think of theories of like there has to be like some weird ass screenwriter backstory that they know the audience isn't going to understand, but they understand mm-hmm. in relationship to the baby having adult thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I was having that like kind of idea of like where what like where where does this come from like where why why this idea mm-hmm. like why is this the uh, the premise and then I read the whole trivia thing about Amy Hackerling like whose yeah uh, husband was making voices or whatever and I just thought like well like philosophically speaking if we all are born with this adult voice in our head does it ever go away. No, because that's your life's pursuit is to use but the Dianetics you... to unlock it. Exactly. So you mean to say that we have our own internal thoughts that we can hear, mm-hmm. just our own internal mm-hmm. thinking. But then on a different plane of dimension, there is a secondary internal thought mm-hmm. that is a different voice than our own. Mm-hmm. That is a past life that is speaking like an internal thought that we're having going through our everyday lives that we cannot... Yeah hear or sense or feel yeah, because we have conscious yes. <sighs> yes and multiple of those often yes yeah it's, it's like the uh yeah they're buried there and they inform your life and the goal is to make it not subconscious but make it conscious covering look who's talking to um uh, i just want to start off that's okay yeah, let's do it. Because the first thing I wrote down is, we begin in the uterus again. Yes. Dot, dot, it's dot. It's another fallopian tube opening. Yes. Or as, or as, <laughs> or as the experts call it, the fallopening. <laughs> oh, This is man. the only trilogy of fallopening movies. Fallopening. Fallopening. Yes. Fallo- fall- Actually, there's, fallopening? I lied, there's another movie that has a fallopening. Um, the Naked Gun, um, I think 33 and a third? One of the three Naked Gun movies also starts within the uterus and has a full opening. <laughs> full opening. Yeah, the fallopian tube opening. The full opening. I'm going to make a letterbox list called the full, <laughs> full openings. Full openings. <laughs> uh, and share it on our Twitter and Instagram accounts the day this comes out. After this, the next thing I can think of is they put Mikey into baby gym. 
baby Jim. Yeah, with Gilbert Gottfried. Oh yeah. Yeah, they bring they bring him in, and it just like cuts this shot of Gottfried going, "All right, everybody, we're gonna dance," and he's like just this over enthused Dan. Like, isn't that how he is in like everything? Yes. <laughs> Gilbert Gottfried's literally his humor is just him saying normal and sexual things, but in his voice, and it becomes funny. He could just read the dictionary and just be like, "All right, the aardvark is a queen," and I'm like, "This is comedy gold." <laughs> oh, um, the '90s. Covering eyes of an angel, but uh, the dog shows him like, arr, arr. and it's just like, "This is a tough dog." Stay away from my wife. <laughs> I kill my wife. Uh, <laughs> I can't kill my wife. There was a man in my house, a one-armed man. I fought with this man. You find him. You find him. <laughs> I don't know why that got to me. That's <laughs> 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 sure it's broken. <laughs> So yeah, the dog shows yeah, up. Yeah, the dog shows up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, Covering Boris and Natasha. Um, so they get back to their apartment, um, and there's a shooting. Their apartment gets shot up by the guy with bad shoes. Yes. And they don't know who this is. And it also kills a bunch of the CIA. Yeah, it kills guys. a bunch of the CIA operatives who were listening behind the walls. Boris and Natasha are like, we gotta, we gotta go deep undercover. So yeah. They book a room in another hotel in town. And what are they dressed as, Jeff? They dress as two Irish people. Two fat Irish people. Yes, and do you know what their names are? <laughs> do, you, do you know? They're the... <laughs> OB. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. OB. <laughs> O-B-E-T-H-A-O-B. <laughs> The the hotel desk clerk is like, is that a room for Mr. and Mrs. Obese? <laughs> He's like, no, but, and it's you, obese. Do you know who the clerk is? It's Charles Warren Smith, the director of the movie. Oh, fuck friend him. from the experts. That's fuck it. Fuck him. And then the bellhop who's carrying their bags is, is R.E. Gross. Gross from the experts. Uh, and he's like, yeah, the elevator's out, so we got to walk up the steps, and the obese are like, ah. Which, like, they're just wearing fat suits. They're not yeah. actually obese, yeah. but they're acting like yeah. they're obese. But they're still not in great shape. No, so they're, they're not like, in great shape. They're not great. So they got to